0: Is spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web-Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug and I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, hey, hey, Mabel, hey, Mabel, my spider
1: sense is tingling and it, and it's telling me that Jessica Drew is Spider Woman.
0: <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on dot and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And we are back Talking about Spider-Woman from 1979. That old, that old ditty. That old, that old, that old ditty. Yep. Yes. If you wanted to follow along with us or if you wanted to catch up uh, to where we're at in this series, you can do that very easily. If you've got Disney Plus, the whole series is over there.
1: Yeah. We covered the first four episodes previously. I guess it's been about a year ago now, I think. Yeah, Yeah. so it's nice to be back with it uh, for a truly Bananas episode of television.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, y- yes. <laughs> bananas, carrots, apples, pie, and oh, yeah. celery Oh, nice. episode.
1: Good. Good one. Good one. Good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the episode we're watching today... Uh, is Spider-Woman season one, even though I believe there's just the one season. So episode five, uh, entitled The Kingpin Strikes Again. There's no question mark there, but the (laughs) Kingpin never struck in this show, so I added one. Yeah. Uh, and, And the synopsis per IMDb for this one is, Angered by a recent Justice Magazine article, the Kingpin steals an experimental invisibility ray and seeks revenge on its editor, Jessica Drew. However, while invisible, he witnesses her transform into Spider-Woman and opts for a blackmail plot instead. I'm so glad, so glad I hadn't seen that synopsis prior to watching this episode. Because this episode is so wild.
1: I don't know if I knew it from this synopsis, but I knew it from a synopsis that he finds out her identity, but I didn't know like the context and everything. And even with that knowledge, it's still... An absolutely bonkers episode. Because
0: you'd think, you would think, that five episodes into a Spider-Person series, their identity being revealed to the world would be the wildest thing that could happen, and it's not.
1: Yeah, it somehow isn't. (laughs) Honestly... It's like the most underplayed it's like not it's not underplayed it's wild how it, like the entire world is reacting to it but it's the characters reactions to it are so underplayed throughout mm-hmm. it you really could take that plot point out of the episode and like it wouldn't change much of anything well, weirdly but it does make uh, the episode a lot more memorable
0: maybe i i, I don't know if i would total man i don't we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it cuz i have i have thoughts both before and after the conclusion of the episode about that particular that particular ponderance. Sure.
1: Original air date for this episode was October 19th, 1979. Uh, it was written and directed by the same team that we, we talked about last time we covered Spider Woman because the credits are so weird for this show, um, which I know you'll have more to say about, Doug. Um, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty much the exact same credits throughout the entire season, so it's kind of unclear who did what. Um, Jeff Scott is pretty much the dude who's credited on like every episode for the most part. Um, it's definitely like on IMDb and then on the show itself, like he's the one credited writer. So we've talked about him before, but since it's been a while, uh, he's also a writer on Spider Man nineteen eighty one. He's a co creator of Muppet Babies. Um, he's a writer on Super Friends and the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Those last three of which we have done Patreon commentary on um so We've talked about those plenty already uh, He's also written on DuckTales James Bond Jr. which is one of those things That has come up a bizarre amount of times Um and he most recently wrote on Manta in the Odd Galaxy back In 2019 so he is still As far as I know still still out and Working to this day
0: Dang. um
1: yeah, yeah. Director wise, it's just four directors that are credited on every episode: Bob Richardson, Jerry Shinerquay, Sid Marcus, and David Detege. Um, and all but Detege have worked on the Spider Man nineteen eighty one and/or Amazing Friends shows, as well as other like kind of productions from around the same time period. Um, we know Bob Richardson very well because, in addition to working on these older Spider Man shows, he also directed and did the character designs on Spider Man the Animated Series. Um, and I think it was uh, Detige was the only other super prominent writer um, outside of Spider-Man because he also was written on like various Looney Tunes and Pink Panther cartoons which always felt sort of interesting to me because that's such a standout it's kind of different different vibe than like these action cartoons that the other dudes were doing
0: Mm -hmm. especially for this show which isn't like when we talked about the the 60s show it had some like Looney Tune Hanna-Barbera vibes but that kind of made sense given how much earlier that came out and sort of like how it manifested Mm -hmm. This one I would have would not have expected quite as much like Looney Tunes DNA to be in here.
1: Yeah, it doesn't come through as much. This is definitely a little more close to like what you'd see from 80s mm-hmm. action cartoons and the sort of sillier, more fluid, wacky 60s cartoons. Though yeah. this show
0: still gets pretty funny wacky, so I, I you know. It does get wacky. That is <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> uh we mentioned this in our first episode covering Spider-Woman, but the credits for the actors uh are very hard to find uh it still falls into that category of like old cartoons that just put a bunch of names on the screen but don't actually give you like a breakdown of credits and if you weren't sure like how hard it would be to find some of these things uh let this be an example kingpin is in this episode and no one is confident enough to say who voiced kingpin (laughs) Uh, that it's just not really out there. Like even if you were to go on to one of the aggregate sites that tells you like everyone who's ever voiced the Kingpin, it still just gives you question marks. Like they just, it's, wild. it's, it's mind boggling to me because I live in this year, 2022 that just like no one wrote it down anywhere at any point. That's
1: just <laughs> wild. like
0: someone out there has to know who voiced this man.
1: Yeah. And it's like, he has a major role in this episode. It's like a big character. The fact that they brought in Kingpin, his name is in the title. The fact that they say "strikes back," I think implies that they were expecting people who were familiar with the '67 Spider-Man show at least to know who this guy was, even if they didn't know him from the comics. Yeah. So, like, and it
0: doesn't sound like that guy. So, yeah, pr- yeah, and and if it were the same guy, we'd probably know that. Yeah, I'd um, assume so. Like so. someone out there knows. It's just it's clearly not been recorded in such a way that anybody feels confident enough to like write it on the internet, I guess. Yeah.
1: And I mean like he's silent kind of just sounds like a lot of like, gangster dudes from these cartoons so mm-hmm. it very well could just be a voice actor that's done lots of stuff everywhere and it's one of those 400 right. credits that he has right. you know that he might not even know that he did this if he's still alive yeah <laughs> well i don't remember
0: what cartoon it was but it had to have been one of these older ones i i did come across a, during one of them like an actress who f- like was informed by a fan that she in fact voiced somebody in a show that she was like mm-hmm. oh that's right yeah i did do that didn't i like it's it's so funny, like uh, how little uh, a priority it was to yeah. to sort of keep track of some of this stuff. But you know, if 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 no one knows who voiced the kingpin, or nobody is talking about who voiced the kingpin in the show, certainly nobody knows or is talking about who voiced his um, sort of kind of enforcers, who aren't actually enforcers. They're never called that. Uh, <laughs> only two of the three of them get names, and those names are different than the actual enforcers who definitely existed at this point. So. There are some other guys too that are are always around Kingpin. Yeah. Who who voice them? I don't know.
1: Yeah. It is funny cuz it's still like it's still the whole enforcers aesthetic of like big guy, kind of little guy and like yeah. medium sized guy, but <laughs> that's that's, that's they about don't it. call
0: them the same names. <laughs> 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 so, it's uh yeah, credits credits are a mess as far as voice acting goes don't expect that to change anytime soon
1: nothing new here for that
0: (laughs) so let's dive into this one it's something else i you and i never text or talk about the episodes we're about to discuss before discussing them Mm -hmm. i think it's important to note that i specifically messaged you to see if you had watched it and to tell you not to look at anything if you could avoid it (laughs) I just want to before we start, like that's that's yeah, where we're at with that's, the, that's what the kind category. of episode we're about to get into. So yeah, the episode opens at the first national bank where Kingpin and some not enforcers are pulling off a heist for a cool million, all while Kingpin snacks on fruits and vegetables. Which at first I was like, oh, we're doing this, yeah. But, but yeah. then they kind of—it's unfortunate—they use it for a reason. It's still a pattern of sure. you know the fat guy eating but they they do actually use it in this episode with a purpose outside of just like isn't he funny because yeah. he's fat and eats stuff? It's kind of a clever use of it. And actually, yeah. I, I honestly... Cleverer than I would have expected, for sure. And
1: I do appreciate that they don't just have him eating, like, junk food the whole time either. Like
0: <laughs> They introduce him eating celery.
1: Yeah, and, and it's a while. <laughs> it is like carrots. It's like celery. It's eats like a whole bushel of carrots, which is a bit much, but it's still carrots and then, like, apples. It's a while before he's even eating any kind of meat, and it's like a turkey leg, and then he's eating mm-hmm. pie. But then I think he eats he eats a banana later so like they it at least it, at least they're not going full bore on the trope and just being like he just eats
0: disgustingly
1: and everything yeah like he's eating well, v- like normal foods until the they got
0: to the pie i was kind of like i wonder if they really wanted him to be eating all the time for the reason that we'll get to but like but somebody said you can't have him eating junk food so he has to eat fruits and vegetables like mm. i was wondering if it was sort of like a well kids are going to be watching this we don't want him <laughs> just eating cookies so give him some celery yeah <laughs> it's funny but anyway, that's how we're we're introduced to the Kingpin. And very quickly into the episode, Spider-Woman arrives uh, to stop him from, from robbing this bank. She nearly succeeds. She nearly thwarts their plan. She does best two of Kingpin's cronies. But the third crony manages to trap her behind some sort of bars or cage inside the bank vault. And she's forced to watch them get away with the haul. So she fails to stop them and has to watch and, uh, you know, is shouting from this you know bank vault jail thing like i'll get you kingpin i will yeah. take you down
1: i'll i'll strike again yeah. <laughs> like you who's <laughs> striking yes. for the first time
0: yeah exactly
1: i i and it's even more humiliating that the picture that's being used on like the front page of newspapers mm-hmm. is just of spider woman defenseless in a prison cell yep looking well i guess it's not a prison cell because it's a bank but it looks like it it. looks like she's in jail yeah it's (laughs) so
0: funny it's also funny because she shouts i'll put you behind bars while she is behind bars yeah it's cool good one (laughs) nailed it good one (laughs) well the next day at justice magazine remember justice magazine Mm -hmm. uh billy reads an article not in the daily plan or daily oh my god the daily bugle Bugle. (laughs) (laughs) I I almost (laughs) said the Daily Planet. Remember when we talked about how how she was basically Clark Kent? I mean, Um, not the Daily Bugle. I actually checked because I was like, oh, wait, I don't remember if they actually have the Daily Bugle in this show. They do not. (laughs) Or at least not this episode. Anyway, Billy reads an article uh in the newspaper about the heist, revealing that Kingpin has not actually been successfully implicated in the bank robbery. He says he had an alibi, and people are like, Oh, I guess he did. And Jessica nearly reveals her identity as Spider Woman because she's frustrated by this. And yeah. she she basically says, like, Man, if I were if I were Spider Woman Well, she says, I'm so frustrated, I can't believe I didn't catch him, or something to that extent. And they're like, What? She's like, I mean, if I if I were Spider Woman, I sure would be upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What's, you know, what I find interesting about this is that they kind of dwell on the whole alibi thing and spider woman being baffled by it Mm -hmm. to the point that I thought that that was going to be the mystery that she'd be investigating was like, how did Kingpin figure out a way to have an alibi? And then I thought, I thought that that might be something that comes into play with the whole identity thing. Like, Oh, does Kingpin have like some kind of doppelganger or chameleon type dude or oh, something Oh, because like that's right. That? You,
0: you knew that she at some point was yeah. going to be exposed. Cause so
1: I was looking for that. Right. So like, yeah, I guess that's the thing up front. Is that like the plot in the plot of this episode, since we said it already from the synopsis, like her identity gets revealed, but like obviously any of those plots in these older cartoons, especially mm-hmm. the, the, the big question of it is sort of like, okay, if their identity is revealed to the world, how are they going to find a way out of this, right? Like, that's kind of the fun of it. You know that it's going to have to some way get back to the status quo in the end of it. They're not going to completely blow up the universe of the show. They might in a show now, but they definitely would back then. So it's like, how are they going to undo this? And, And oftentimes, I think it's kind of fun to see what clever ways they do it. So I was looking for that, and that was my first clue. It turned out to be nothing, but I thought it was a clue that, like, how is Kingpin figuring out a way to be at two places at once? And that's something that Jessica would use later. None of that plays into anything in the episode. Mm-mm. This entire scene plays into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a well, reason for Jessica to have a grudge against Kingpin, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and I not knowing that she was going to have her identity revealed. I thought this episode was literally just going to be like spider woman has a hard time catching Kingpin. Cause he's a slippery motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, he, Oh, he got out of a crime so early in the episode. And this is an older cartoon. We're bound to see this happen a few more times before yeah. she figures out how. That's and what he, I thought we were getting. He
1: never seems to be that like, – like, that never seems to be the case with him. Like, it's not – he only gets out of crimes later in the episode because of, a like, an invisibility, right? Like, yeah. they never really address, like, exactly what makes him so good at crime because all we see of him is that he just – goes places and seals stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know what He's, he does beyond that that makes him so I, good at it.
0: He I think that this Kingpin is really Kingpin in name and slight similarity in image only. Like he is a fat bald guy and his name is Kingpin. But other than that there's really very little about him personality wise or like skill wise or smarts wise that resembles any kingpin we've covered yeah
1: like he's very un he's not a refined dude really um his vocal performance is very just sort of typical big mob boss gangster guy yeah they give him like a weird thing where he's constantly calling spider woman spider lady yeah which i would like from anyone but kingpin i think like i don't mind in this episode i think it's kind of funny because spider woman gets like increasingly more annoyed with it yeah that he never just calls her by, by her name but but it's still like king like kingpin by all accounts any version of we've ever met wouldn't do that
0: right right yeah they they really could have made this anybody i think yeah um but good for them for for i guess being able allowed to you inspired to use kingpin i guess um because you know any of these shows just might not right they yeah. just might make up a villain at any given point so yeah um so anyway (laughs) um so while they're having this conversation where she nearly i I also think it's funny having not realized that her identity was actually going to get exposed that early in the episode she accidentally almost does it right (laughs) then and there you know what i mean Um, i didn't think anything of it because this show is what it is and she's constantly doing things that people should be noticing but um i don't know i appreciate it more knowing that eventually she is exposed
1: yeah yeah. I also remember uh, we had a headcanon from when we first started covering this show that, like, Billy secretly knows that Jessica is Spider Woman and is always yes. kind of looking out for her. And I had that in mind. And I think that that still works in this episode because this is the scene where Jeff is like trying to get her to like go out with him and Billy is like constantly cock blocking him, too. I just kind of love it because I feel like it's very like with our headcanon in mind, it feels very intentional that Billy is just like, dude, <laughs> Billy's like trying to get uh, making sure that uh, that Jessica will be with him at night. And Jeff's like, please uh, go for Gover for Hot Dog with me, Jessica. I'll even Billy, I'll give you World Series tickets if you if you let me and Jessica go out. And he's like, no, I don't care about your fucking World Series tickets. I want to go with Jessica and get a hot dog. And I think he uh, is perfectly cock blocking and uh, he also gets a free hot dog out of it from Jeff. So,
0: yeah, I it definitely works in that. Like if, if you subscribe to it, you can see where Billy is, is trying to just keep Jeff from getting in the way. Um, And if you don't, it's just like another instance of Jeff trying to creep on Jessica and her nephew being like, stop. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah. So ultimately she doesn't take lunch with either of them, right? Cuz she's like I got to figure this thing out and she's she basically is convinced that she as Jessica Drew, like editor of this this magazine all about justice <laughs> can basically take down Kingpin herself and decides she's going to do this with an exposé. She even has like a vision of Kingpin sort of not not doing anything really, but like counting his money, like reveling in the fact that he succeeded at this heist and like planning his next one. So she's like especially like irritated by him. So of course she's like, "Yeah, no, boys, I'm not going to lunch with you. I'm I'm going to do my thing here at Justice Magazine." And it's funny they even show us the beginning of her exposé, which is by the way terrible um it's so bad (laughs) it's so bad that i actually interpreted it differently as i was reading it than it actually turns out to be because like here i'll just read it and then i'll tell you what i thought was happening uh that doesn't actually happen so she she writes the notorious kingpin is the biggest crook in the world however his greatness is in size only if his brains were as big as his stomach he might rank with the other two-bit crooks Great. Nothing about that is an expose. She's literally just insulting him. So I was like, okay, so she's just going to egg him on to try to like, like make him mad and, yeah. and bring him out and get him sloppy. Basically, I thought that right? too. Yeah. It's it not actually like. what happens. Like, it's not yeah. actually what she's doing. She's literally, I, I thought she was doing this so that she could act as Spider Woman. But no, like as you watch the episode, you realize like, no, she as Jessica Drew really just thought she was going to take down the kingpin with an expose (laughs) yeah
1: it's also like kind of nonsense because she starts off saying that he is the biggest crook in the world but also he's not even a very good crook but you just said he was the biggest crook in the world i don't unless she's
0: just making a fat joke where he's the biggest crook in the world except his bigness is only because he's fat
1: it's even worse than i thought it was yeah jessica do better girl (laughs) i know you can do better
0: yeah I, I I know she can too, but this is a spider person show, so they gotta they gotta be fat phobic towards yeah. Kingpin.
1: Yeah, it's like Jeff isn't 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 bad enough in this episode, so like she kind of funnels in all the uh, all the uh, horrible insulting bullshit from him, and now she's projecting it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this does kind of work in the way I thought it was going to, but but then some, right? So the the magazine issue releases. One of Kingpin's cronies gets his hands on it and reads the expose in quotes, the expose to Kingpin. Literally just reads exactly what we saw Jessica write. So Kingpin's like, What? And he takes the magazine. While he's holding the magazine and reading her expose, he notices a different article about a government invisibility ray, something they're developing. Seems like something you shouldn't publish, Jessica, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and concocts his own plan to steal that invisibility ray and take down Jessica Drew. So like, this is where I was like, wait, this isn't kind of, I, I I can't tell if this is going to go where I think it's going to go or if it's not, because I was like, okay, I guess it's working. She is sort of egging him on, but then why are they introducing this invisibility ray thing? So I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really know exactly what was going on in this moment, but I kind of still thought it was working, I guess. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> this is where he gets his invisibility ray, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So his cronies do acquire the invisibility ray and they meet out outside of justice magazine. They use it on Kingpin. It works just great. Um, that's where you sort of see the detail that the way that they are using Kingpin's food, it's pretty clever because in that that's the, basically the way you can follow Kingpin around. That's the way that we as an audience can sort of keep, tra- keep track of him because he's invisible, but the food he's always holding at any given time isn't. So you basically just get to see a piece of food always floating around wherever he is, and that kind of helps you navigate where he is. I think in this case, it's when he's holding a chicken leg or turkey leg or whatever.
0: Right, because they don't do the thing that most other shows do where they do like just an outline mm-hmm. or like a very light ghosty type figure. Like mm-hmm. they, he just... He completely disappears.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be cheaper to do because you just have one little one little transparent sure. animation cell. You just stick on top and move that around however you want. Yeah, since he's invisible, he very easily sneaks into the building uh, inside after Billy and Jeff like fail to pull Jessica away from her work because she's just working super late. And for some reason neither of them can leave until she's done. I don't really understand. Like they have to go wait in the lobby. Like I understand why Billy might have to wait. Cause I'm assuming Jessica is his ride, but like, why does Jeff have to stick around? What does he want with them? But either way, she tells him to, to wait in the lobby for, her. she receives a vision of the invisibility ray having already been stolen But, Mm -hmm. like, not of Kingpin's men stealing it. She just gets a vision. Mm -hmm. She just gets a vision (laughs) of scientists just kind of scratching their heads and looking all befuddled to each other. It's actually a really funny image of it. They're just standing around like, what happened? Where'd it go? But receives no actual useful information from this vision. So thanks, Spider Sense, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, her vision's... I mean we we flag this up every time. Her visions are so weird. Yeah. And like inconsistent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Um but yeah, so she's like, Well the invisibility ray is stolen. Um not really much I can do about I, I not really much I can do about that, so I guess I'll spider change to investigate. So she changes to Spider Woman. Uh but of course, unbeknownst to Jessica, the invisible kingpin is there, so he's watching on as he, as she changes. That's when he learns her secret identity.
0: Yes, which surprised me. I I didn't, even though I knew that he had, he was invisible. I had no reason to believe that he had already made it up to her office and was just like, there spying on her. Like they don't, they don't tell you that ahead of time, which I think is really smart. Makes Mm -hmm. this like a surprise, uh, an exciting one too. Mm -hmm. Well, half an hour later after Spider-Woman maybe investigated, maybe didn't investigate. They don't cut away to
1: another scene. She just turns into Spider-Woman And then they cut later and it's like, it's been a half an hour and she's Jessica walking out of the building. Okay.
0: It's so funny because they specifically call out the time frame too to say, this is a half hour later. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess she investigated, but she doesn't. Gain any information? did she talk to the scientists? Were they just closed? Like, I don't know what she did. <laughs> she went to the she went to the government lab,
1: and the government lab was like, sorry, we all leave at five.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, anyway, she's back at Justice Magazine and gets a call from Kingpin, who reveals that he saw her change into Spider Woman. So she's like, oh shoot. And he threatens to expose her identity to the world unless she meets him at Willard's Natural Foods Warehouse. After she tells Jeff and Billy to go home, of course, uh she whips off now this This is where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this whole episode just turned completely upside down because again, I thought that she was trying to like lure Kingpin out into like making a sloppy move." And then it completely turns itself on its head where he learns her identity is like, actually, I'm going to expose you. Yeah. I was like, okay, this episode's very interesting now. I don't know where this is going to go.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it is a clever turnaround. And in terms of just like writeriness, like I think that that's pretty, pretty cool. It's an episode about an expose where the expose turns from the expose of the villain to the expose of the superhero. Like that's pretty simple, but it's very clever and not something that you would expect from this
0: show. I want to call it clever. But so much of this episode is so bananas yeah. that I don't know if they did it on purpose. It, it, yeah. <laughs> this episode just feels like things happen. So I I should give them the benefit of the doubt, right? I should yeah. I should I should give them the credit for that sort of like poetic flipping of the script, but <laughs> the rest it's of the episode weird, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: It's I, I. I'll give them credit when I when it seems like they're doing something. I mean, because it still this, lands. It's still, either way. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that like up until this point. It's a solid episode. I think it's a very good episode actually, aside from some weird time weirdness with the timing. It's really like the kind of the back half of it, it just kind of goes off the rails, I think. Yeah. Uh, into nonsense I don't, town. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this
0: is a bad episode. I just yeah. think it's a wild fucking episode. Yeah.
1: I also I know it's just a fat joke, but I do kind of like the detail of Kingpin when he calls Jessica, like the phone booth around him is like broken and shattered for him to fit into it. Like I don't like it like it, but like if you're gonna do fat jokes, like nobody comments on that. It's just like a, an artist detail in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I, I mean my initial thought was like because the court doesn't stretch long enough, artists Oh my god.
1: I didn't even think about I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> but I mean it is it is it is the type of thing that that takes like an extra thought, right? Like yeah. if he's getting into a phone booth, he probably wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, at the warehouse, uh, this is this is where the wackiness starts to really happen. But it, the episode hasn't lost me. As I'm watching it, right? If I'm giving you my real-time reactions, it still hasn't lost me.
1: Yeah.
0: It actually doesn't lose me really until the very end. Yeah, I mean, and the, the show's always but a the little But the wackiness wacky, so starts you, here.
1: You, you kind of, you expect like a little bit of weirdness here and there. Yeah. You just start to get a lot of it kind of back to back.
0: Yes. So, So she gets to the warehouse and she's crawling on the ceiling. But she's quickly discovered because she falls from the ceiling because she can't stick to what is a honey slathered ceiling. I have so many, so Which, many questions about this. <laughs> did they put honey on the ceiling? Is there a is there like a, a what is it called a beehive place a whatever airy yeah. I don't know? Uh, but is that if- is there one of those in the ceiling that's just like leaking honey throughout the warehouse like?
1: <laughs> and even if they did, of all things, like why honey for One this? One of the. the
0: uh, a substance thing. known for being sticky. <laughs> Not slippery, sticky. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> she even says slippery sliders. I can't. Or, sorry. Slippery spiders. I can't stick to this honey. Slippery spiders. <laughs> Honey, what? those two things don't go together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so goofy. So she does fall and they find her. And Kingpin and Bouncer, Bouncer's one of the enforcers. The basically the ox equivalent is mm-hmm. named Bouncer. Mm-hmm. Appear. They they were invisible, and I guess they can just reappear whenever they want. And they tie her up in a meat locker to like a cow carcass. Yeah, which tying is gross. tying your
1: like, female superhero <laughs> to a slab of meat, I feels like mm-hmm. a metaphor that I don't like.
0: hmm <laughs> They do that. And then they broadcast to the entire world that Jessica Drew is Spider-Woman. And Kingpin does this on camera. And I was
1: floored. Because it's not, because like the scale of it is immediate. and Yeah. Like, they don't hide it. They don't just say, like, this newspaper is going everywhere. Like, they cut to, like, various countries and have people doing bad accents and, like, <laughs> bad British exchanges. I'll say, Henry, this this could be trouble, you know? Like, why do you, mm-hmm. why do you think it could be trouble, Brit- random British person? But, like, the fact that they're cutting to all these places and, like, people's random houses commenting on it. The dude asking Mabel if he heard that Jessica Drew is Spider-Woman. Do you know who Jessica Drew is? I don't know. But, well, that's...
0: Like, the, that's that's... That's an interesting detail though, right? Because I think the 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 scale of this is one, the fact that it's being broadcast to the world, but two, the fact that the world is responding as if they know who Jessica Drew is. So if these people already know who Jessica Drew is as the editor of what I guess is an incredibly internationally popular magazine, apparently. Like that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. That's not just like some random editor of some random magazine
1: yeah I, they're they're playing so they, like it's like the, the stakes editor skyrocket of, immediately <laughs> they're playing like it's the editor of new york times or yeah. time magazine or something like that
0: it's wild and, and it's funny because in that moment i was like oh well this isn't going to work obviously like something's going to happen with the camera or the van or she's going to get out or something no they successfully do this the one thing though is they don't unmask her and so that's the one thing i was like okay well something is is going to Sure. The undone here. I was like waiting for... Because they tie her up and everything. So I was like, oh, he's going to unmask her on camera. That's pretty wild. Never does that. Right. Because because we're talking about this and we're not like watching it as a commentary or anything. I'm just going to say this now because we won't be able to convey like the actual time. Like the, the real time sort of uh, anticipation of this. The episode goes so much longer than I would have expected Before correcting this to the point that I thought outside of all of my gut sort of instincts and everything my mind knows about how these older cartoons work, I was beginning to legitimately think they're they're literally just going to change the status quo of the show. They're never going to undo this because it goes for a very long time. I
1: well, I was at a point where I was like, the only way out of this is like time travel or something, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I, I should have thought of that. It's, yeah. this, this show could have done that very easily. Yeah, I but mean, I just was like, <laughs> it, literally, everybody in the world knows that she's Spider Woman and is talking about it from this point forward. Right. Like. <laughs> everybody continues to talk about it. Although, it was what I was I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked.
1: Yeah, the thing that I'm kind of disappointed in with this episode is that I I actually do always like these stories where the superheroes identities are revealed even when they inevitably get backtracked because it is always funny to see like characters reactions to learning the big secret. And again, even if it's all undone, you still sort of see like, well, what if they found out this is what would happen if they found out And in this episode, like everybody in the main casts, including Jessica's own reaction to the identity of spider woman being out there is like, so like, Subdued and underplayed like there's a couple Of funny lines that Billy has like about Jessica's autograph like spider Woman's autograph is just Jessica's But like other than that everybody's Just like wow that's weird (laughs) And Jessica's just like Oh darn like It should be a bigger deal To everybody like I wouldn't expect this Show to like have Jeff realistically Spiraling or anything But I was expecting a little more reaction Than just like Wow, very interesting that Jessica is Spider Woman. I didn't I couldn't believe that. But I guess it is. And that's it. Like I was very kind of disappointed that they didn't have a little more fun with that.
0: That's so interesting because I feel like they reacted exactly as I would expect this 1979 <laughs> cartoon to have them react.
1: <laughs> even Jessica though, like she's not even she's not even she's barely she's barely upset by any of this. it's I mean it's very Jessica, sure, me.
0: but like anybody else reacted exactly the way I mean the fact that I mean I guess i I guess the fact that the entire world knew and was talking about it was like enough of a sure. oh my gosh for me, but like yeah, I mean I guess she could have been more upset about it, but she was also like tied to a slab of meat in a freezer, I guess so, so I don't know <laughs> she doesn't even really ever feel the impact of it until much later, yeah.
1: <laughs> When she apparently has already figured out the solution anyway. So, I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I would, I would certainly feel what you're feeling if this were a more, like more modern or contemporary story. But I I was just so shocked. I, I, I guess I was so shocked and maybe this is maybe this services me specifically because i didn't know it was going to happen yeah. but i was so genuinely shocked that he broadcasted to the whole world successfully mm-hmm. that like that alone was enough to raise the stakes and be the reaction yeah when people in paris are talking about like jessica drew being spider woman i was like oh my god it definitely
1: <laughs> is a pretty yeah it's a pretty wild <laughs> wild thing to do yeah <laughs> wild wild thing to cut to
0: I mean, I guess the other thing, too, is like, once you start to think about it, like, what would it really even affect? Like, it would affect her, Jeff, and Billy. That's, like, literally her entire world that we know Mm -hmm. about, so. Yeah. What's funny, and something that I didn't really think about until it happened, is because the show is in 1979, if you weren't watching that specific live broadcast, you wouldn't necessarily know right away, (laughs) which I was reminded of when later in the offices of Justice Magazine, Billy wonders where aunt jessica has disappeared to and jeff reveals a newspaper article presumably i guess an extra edition or something Mm -hmm. uh relaying kingpin's claim that jessica drew is spider woman so they don't actually learn this until later (laughs) i mean like shortly after but like they learn it through a newspaper not the actual broadcast
1: jeff is also like sitting in jessica's
0: office (laughs) i think i mean yeah i'm not surprised yeah he's like lounging with his feet on her desk asshole yeah he sucks
1: (laughs) firmly firmly established that jeff Mm -hmm. sucks
0: absolutely (laughs) (laughs) hello amazing friends we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons bo eric steve carl katie mike lillian and douglas if you would like to support our show too our way of saying
1: thanks is by giving you lots of cool spidey goodies You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything.
0: And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 Spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries. Or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films, to Amazing Spider-Man, to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more.
1: And at our amazing
0: tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier
1: you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So uh, elsewhere at the International Jewelers Convention, was it really Jewelers with a with a with a dollar sign mark? It sure was. It? I missed that on cool. the
0: marquee. the The Jewelers' S was a dollar sign. Hey,
1: you know. All right, <laughs> go for it. I guess. <laughs> uh, a, a number of the staff are confounded, of course, when a floating sandwich just exits a limo, makes its way into the event, but everybody's just like. Well, I guess I could use a day off. That's a little weird, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been working too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that classic one. Um, but yeah, so a floating sandwich makes its way in. We know what that means, of course. Uh, inside, they're all further bamboozled when the $3 million Gavistal necklace makes its own way out of the event, having been carried away by Invisible Kingpin and Shorty, of course.
0: Shorty being, uh, what's his name? Fancy Dan?
1: Yeah, I guess he's fancy Dan. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the one. Basically, <laughs>
0: yeah. He's the little guy, obviously because his yeah. name is Shorty. There's an especially big one and an especially small one and an especially average one. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, still reeling from the news that Jessica is Spider-Woman and realizing she must be in trouble as a result of this, which I think is a nice detail, right? They're yeah, like, I like, hey, that. if she's been revealed as Spider-Woman, she's probably in trouble. Uh, Billy and Jeff take to the skies in the Justice Jet Copter and catch a police radio call from the Jewelers Convention. They figure, oh, well, if somebody's stealing really expensive stuff, it's probably Kingpin. And if somebody just revealed who Spider Woman was, Jessica just wrote an expose on him. So it's probably him. So they're doing some decent deduct, like deducing here. <laughs> Although I do believe it said in the article that Kingpin... I don't know. They should know it was Kingpin, but whatever. They're they're connecting <laughs> dots here, and I'm impressed. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. give it to them.
1: Good for them. Uh, Good for them. So, they, so they Billy already that, Billy already figured it out. He's just connecting the dots for Jeff.
0: Is of course, happening. of course, yes. Um, so of course they're like, well, then in order to find Jessica, we need to go to the jeweler's convention, find Kingpin, and figure out where he might have taken her to. Yes
1: so back at the convention billy and jeff arrive as the police have the place surrounded i do like the bit where like the actual i forget what their names are but like the 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 two main cop characters are like yeah we got him surrounded i think like could we know if we had him surrounded because they're invisible i don't know
0: yeah that was my first thought i was like is he even still there like he literally (laughs) could have just walked away
1: literally how would they know i guess they can look for the floating piece of food but
0: they might not be privy to that piece of information
1: (laughs) (laughs) for example um jeff and billy run into kingpin uh which we see as a floating slice of cherry pie which looked very yummy uh i like that you can sort of see in this case no other cases i don't think but especially in this case you can actually kind of see like the dirt or grime or spots on the transparent cell they use for the floating piece of pie when they're moving it up and down thought that was kind of fun hmm yeah, so so they run into Kingpin, um, Bouncer takes them as hostages so they can more easily flee the scene. I think there's like a uh, cop roadblock, so they're like, well, kill these two randos if you don't move the cars, and they do. So mm-hmm. the, they're able to, to get through the barricade and speed off.
0: Yes. This next scene is terrifying. At the food warehouse, a delivery man and a warehouse worker discover Spider-Woman completely frozen over, which... Is terrifying to me, especially because in one of the Saw movies, a woman gets completely frozen over Ooh. and it's terrifying. So that's all I had in my mind was just like that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's what happened to her. Yeah. And
1: obviously Spider-Woman <laughs> was going to emulate a scene in Saw for sure.
0: It's very similar. <laughs> it's very similar <laughs> to what happened to this woman in Saw. <laughs> and did she just break out? And <laughs> No, she dies. <laughs> oh, she dies. people
1: in Saw die? That's a bummer.
0: Okay, well, (laughs) anybody who's seen Saw will understand why this is terrifying. (laughs) It's a very scary scene. Whatever. Maybe I I think freezing women in a locker is scary and you think it's fine, but I think
1: it's scary. (laughs) I think fridging women is totally fine. We've made that so clear in every conversation.
0: Well, they remove her by just picking her up. I don't think they realize she's there, though. No, they, like, they don't. They're it's like, we weird. need some meat. So like the guy just goes and picks up the meat she's on <laughs> and carries her out. And then not until they're out and she like breaks out of the ice. Do they realize like there was a woman in there? Even though it was a like woman
1: shaped piece of ice that they just yes. picked up. I, it's, um, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so she's fine now, I guess. All she had to do was thaw out a little bit. She was like covered in a uh, in a layer of ice. That's how it works. Then she has a, a vision of Billy and Jeff in Kingpin's limo, and uh, hears Kingpin share his plans to take on the U.S. Treasury. Thankfully, in this case, her spider sense is actually giving her like actual information in her vision, so yay. Before setting off to stop him, she says she has one other thing she's got to take care
0: of. Which I assume we're going to see. So there you go. It was set up, so clearly the ending was set up right here. I was like, great, we are going to see her undo what Kingpin did. <laughs> We don't, because we go right to the treasury where Kingpin and his cronies, who are all still invisible, begin their biggest heist ever right under the nose of the treasury workers, and guess who's there? (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Woman. Having done nothing on screen to undo the fact (laughs) that everyone knows who she is, so she's still just (laughs) Spider-Woman and Jessica Drew a literal second later.
1: (laughs) very confusing. Uh-huh. It only gets worse. Um <laughs>
0: anyway. Or better? <laughs> better.
1: Mm, I mean, worse in like its incomprehensibility. Right. Uh I mean it's this, all fucking this, fun as shit. I love it. But uh, Right.
0: This episode does so many things off-screen. It, it's it's bad in the sense that it just it does so much stuff off-screen that you're like, I would have liked to see this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for it's sure. good in the fact that it's so absurd. That I was, like, losing my shit in, like, the most fun way.
1: Yeah, me too. Oh, I had a blast watching this. It's just, like, you literally can't predict what's going to happen next because nothing makes any sense and nothing is explained at any given time. Yeah. Is
0: this how you write mysteries? Is you just, like, leave parts of the story out? I mean, some mysteries, yeah.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say they're necessarily the good ones, but they definitely exist. There you go. (laughs) So... Kingpin and his cronies are all there for their heist, but unfortunately for them, Spider Woman is there to greet them, quickly webs up two of Kingpin's men, but unfortunately for her, Kingpin just dips right out and sets his limousine hurtling into the Potomac River with Billy and Jeff still inside. I found it very interesting that they call out the Potomac River because that implies that, like, because they've never said what city she's in. And you could always just kind of assume she was in New York because, like, every Marvel thing is in New York. But I guess this means that she's maybe in D.C., maybe, like, in no. Alexandria or something.
0: There are other episodes that specifically have the New York skyline and well, monuments.
1: <laughs> cool. This particular heist, they didn't tell
0: you, but that's they true. actually r- no. Went, the U.S. Treasury, that's right. Yeah. Wait. They went, oh no. Wait. My never mind. God. I didn't make the show. I didn't. No. But this is what's funny is I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of the fact because okay, here's the thing. Spoiler alert. This is going to come up next week too because we do these in twos, right? Oh, Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. Next week.
0: <laughs> so in this episode, the heist that he is pulling off, that he takes hostages from New York to go pull off, is in a literal different state.
1: I mean, and it's not even like the, the bordering state. Like he no. drives from New York city <laughs> to DC. That's, that's a, that's many hours that he yes, had and Jeff she, and Billy in his car.
0: <laughs> and she's just there. She's just there. Well, just, just hold on to this for next week. Everybody just hold mm. on to this for next week. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> next week. is, and I know we've addressed this before, right? We've done the math. on like, how long it would take them to get certain places in their, in their helicopter. Like when they were traveling all throughout <laughs> Europe or whatever. Yeah. I just, it's funny. Cause I, I, I noticed it next for next week's episode did not even cross my mind. That was happening yeah. in this one too. Mm-hmm. That makes literally at least 50% of the episodes we've talked about have just absolutely no regard for like
1: <laughs> geography. I love it. I love whatsoever. it. Whatsoever. I love it. It rules. It rules. <laughs> it's so funny. You
0: know, what also rules
1: is the way that, Jessica saves Billy and Jeff and the way that it's all cut makes absolutely no goddamn sense whatsoever because Billy and Jeff are in this runaway car heading to a river and she's just like, oh, no, there's no time to waste. I've got to use my my spinning spiral spider line or whatever she calls it. She, she shoots her web out of her fingers, right? You can expect a million different ways that they could fix this. Like her webbing catches the car and stops it. Her webbing like yanks them out of the car or something. I don't know the way that they choose to do it. So her webbing from her finger comes out, wraps around the door handle, opens the door and you see Billy and and Jeff in the car looking. They see the door open. Then you hear and it seems like see the car screech to a halt. Like you even hear the screeching sound of the car stopping and then they cut away. And in that time period that you don't see on screen, like when it's off off screen, Billy and Jeff get out of the car, right? But then they cut back to the car careening into the river. So did the car stop? Billy and Jeff got out of it and then it kept going. And if it stopped, how did it stop? Because all she did was just use her web to open the door when there was like a brick or whatever on the gas pedal that was making it careen. And then why did she let the car careen into the river? If the car, if we heard the car stop and they got off or got out, what does it mean? Doug? It was a How sick, did it happen?
0: It was a sick action sequence where she used her web to pull the door open, and that tension made the car spiral, which is what the screeching sound was. And the centrifugal force is what threw the two out of the car, and then it cuts back with the car, you know, having lost a little bit of momentum, careening into the river.
1: Actually, I'll take it.
0: It's all just action choreography, I'll take obviously. It. I'll
1: take it. You know, I can picture that in my head, and honestly, it actually all works. So, and it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't break the reality of the episode either. So I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> we solved it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Because that really bothered me a lot.
0: <laughs> we'll get ready for more bothersomeness. Because after she does save Billy and Jeff, Spider-Woman returns to the treasury. And this is how she stops Kingpin and his invisible cronies. She shoots them with purple dye that she says she put into her Venom Blast. So she Venom Blasts them. They turn purple and are thus visible. And she specifically says she put it in her Venom Blast. Yeah. What is her Venom Blast, Derek? I mean... What is her Venom Blast? All of
1: the questions I think can be absolved by the next point is the thing because yeah, my, my first thought is like, is it not biological that she just inject purple dye into her arms? Like what, what did you do? Um, but I think it makes, I'm not going to say it makes sense, but I think that you can more easily rationalize and explain away what that means.
0: I'm still going to ask you this question after the episode's over. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Even for the answer, (laughs) like what happened to those men? (laughs) Yeah. What did, what did, she do right. <laughs> to them. Sure. In any case, being turned to purple is defeat, because Kingpin resigns to being captured. Uh, he does still jab at Spider-Woman, though, reminding her that with her identity exposed to the world, she and her loved ones will never be safe again. You'll never know peace. But then... <laughs> Jessica... He doesn't say that. I just said that for some reason. Then Jessica Drew walks up to meet them. Them being Kingpin, his cronies, and Spider-Woman. So Spider-Woman and Jessica Drew are in the same place. And she says, Well, that's funny because I'm clearly not Spider-Woman. I'm right here, Kingpin. And he, of course, is confused. And so am I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> so am I. I
1: expected something like that to happen because that's that's your classic superhero sure. thing, right? I was just like, oh, I wonder... I mean, because of course, it hasn't been nothing... No, her solution hasn't been set up in the episode. And I figured if it was, it would have been more clear. So I was like... I wonder if they're going to have some, like, random cameo from a Marvel character or something in here right? That shape okay, that I was forgetting. Great. And that's going to be how the end. It would still be kind of an ass pull, or it's just sort of like, oh, thanks, Doctor Strange, for helping me or something like that out of nowhere. But, but at least it'll be, like, an established Marvel character or something making a fun cameo.
0: Okay, I want to stop down for just a second then, because I literally, as I was watching this episode, because I was so invested in this episode, let me tell you what. Because even though this episode was getting like ridiculous on like little details and stuff, and it was like leaving stuff out, I was still very much like, the world knows that she's Spider Woman. When are they going to undo this? They're obviously going to, but maybe they're not. Because like the episode's coming to a close, you mm-hmm. know? At this point, when there is Spider Woman and Jessica Drew on the screen, I literally paused the episode for like a a full five minutes, Derek. <laughs> Trying to think about everything I had watched and was like, I just want to come up with a theory. I just want to have a theory to see if I can be right. I couldn't come up with anything that was based on anything. I was like, I mean, how could I you? can't come up with anything. I, there's nothing. There's nothing you? in this episode that gives me any indication as to how she just did what she did. Like, clearly something is afoot, right? She clearly <laughs> did something off screen. Yeah. So I was, like, trying to think, like, okay, what are they about to tell me she did? They're clearly mm-hmm. going to reveal what she did. There has to be some way for me to figure this out. I had no theories. Nope. And I certainly never could have figured it out. <laughs> no. I still haven't figured it out. Truly. Truly. <laughs> Truly. But I straight up stopped the episode to try to, like, solve the mystery. Waste of time. I mean. <laughs> Waste of five minutes. Uh,
1: kudos to you for <laughs> for trying and for giving them all that credit.
0: I really wanted to be able to. I, I was like, because yeah, I mean, I, I've said before on sure. this podcast, I usually just I roll with it, right? Yeah. If I'm watching a mystery, I don't try to solve the mystery. I, I want to be like, <gasps> it was who? You know, like, I want the moment. I want to feel it. But this was so weird to me that they seemingly dropped absolutely no clues, and I was I was becoming so convinced yeah. that this was going to have an actual like longer lasting for consequence, sure. Sure. and was like and and secretly wanted it to. Right, you're watching a 1979 cartoon, you're like not expecting it. So when it could happen, you're like, oh please give that to me. Right, mm-hmm. that I, I. But but it was so out of just so outside my expectations for the yeah. show that I I. I did what I never do and stopped and tried to figure it out just cause I was like, <laughs> I, I, maybe I can. Nope. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was excited to
1: see what they were going to come up with because I knew that it was going to be something. I knew there was going to be something weird. And by this point, since nothing had been set up, I knew it wouldn't be anything particularly clean, but I thought it would be maybe something a little bit clever or some, some kind of fun, weird workaround They do, you know,
0: I, yeah. I, I don't know something. Was something
1: like, kind of that didn't just feel like they literally just like pulled that out of a hat.
0: Yeah, I was like, did she? Does it have something to do with the Ray? No, they still have the Ray. Does she go back to the gut? Go- is it? Is it? Is it more government technology that she's sure. working with that they've developed? Well, no, they never showed her go there, uh, and and they don't show her go back. Like, does it have something to do with like? whatever this venom blast thing is like, are we going to expound, like expand upon that? Like, no, like it just, I, nothing led anywhere. Yep. And I, I even Derek, I even thought of the four episodes we had already watched and was like, have we met Mysterio? Not in this show. Have we met anybody who makes robots that look like people? Not in this show. Like <laughs> I just, it was, it was, I racked my brain for any explanation, yeah. both inside this episode and outside. And never ever nope in a million years How could have could predicted you? what happened or at least the way it happened yeah i mean i guess
1: you can easily predict this the, the res- right the resolution but it's been why done would before, you but the way the way that it's executed i think is what yes. is is wild about it
0: yes so the episode's almost over kingpin has been apprehended later at justice magazine Jessica tells Billy and Jeff that she's relieved to have the secret identity snafu cleared up because she doesn't want to have to live up to the expectations of being Spider-Woman. That would be very stressful. (laughs) Naturally, Billy and Jeff, and by our theory, mostly Jeff with Billy just going along with it, of course, uh, are like, of course we never believed it because you being Spider-Woman would be ridiculous. Jessica, you could never be Spider-Woman because you suck. They do that whole thing that they do every other episode or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: after they leave, Jessica reveals to the audience, like specifically for us, she at one point even turns to the audience and says, this will be our secret. The only hour is us watching the show and yeah. Jessica. <laughs> Weird. How she pulled this off. She has a full on fucking lifelike robot for which she gives no explanation. She just has one. She just has one and she turns it off, puts it in a closet and lets it recharge for the next time she needs a full life size robot that looks and acts just like her and does everything that Spider-Woman does. And then some Jessica, <laughs> where did the <laughs> robot come from? <laughs> Whose robot is this? <laughs> and she just
1: keeps it in her office.
0: <laughs> did you have this before the episode? I mean, was I- this the thing that you thought you would need at some point? <laughs> Like and it has such an
1: easy off switch. It's just like a little off switch right under her hair, too. So, Why have you never used this before? Right. And Why like, are you
0: ever Spider-Woman anymore?
1: And it, well, like You well, have a Spider-Woman robot! It's also like not clear... <laughs> what the robot can do, right? Because we don't know exactly at what point this is the robot versus when it's the real her. We know off. She has that line; where She's like, I've got to do something first, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every, every moment we see spider woman after that point is the robot because it still could be some point off screen that she switches back to Jessica, right. which is the robot. So my best rationalization, which isn't great because nothing is, it doesn't make sense. My best rationalization for the end for, for how it all works is that, Everything we see of Spider-Woman is Spider-Woman except for the actual act of Spider-Woman using her purple dye because I don't think she uses any other powers because we we cut away from Jeff, her saving Jeff and Billy, and then she catches the cronies. And I don't think she's doing Spider-Woman-y things, unless I'm misremembering, she's not doing Spider-Woman-y things except for the weird purple dye Venom Blast, which in that case I can just say that, like, that's... Not actually any kind of venom blast. It literally is just she primed the robot to shoot out purple dye, basically, and just was like, yeah, it's uh, my venom blast with purple dye in it. That's what it is. Because it doesn't do any other venom blasty things other than turn them purple.
0: Here's my thing I don't think they need to change anything about this episode except one thing, believe it or not. Because. I actually had a fucking blast watching this episode. Yeah, it's fun. It's and it's fun the shit. exact kind of stupid that I love from shows like this. Yeah, Where it's of course. just like, they're not showing us everything. They're just like, every every episode of Spider-Woman, we talk about how the solution is absolutely, completely outside the realm of anything we would ever expect. <laughs> Let's use a satellite never... dish
1: to move the moon.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, I love, I love that this show is willing to just be like, yeah, we're just going to... Literally solve this problem the very first way we could think of, and it's always going to be absurd, right? right? Or maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Maybe they always rule out the first 10 things they could think of, right? Because the audience would think of them and then go with the 11th. I don't know, whatever. Sure. It's never anything I could ever predict. The one thing that I would change is just don't have Spider Woman robot say that she put purple dye in her Venom Blast, just have her do it have it be confusing and then have Jessica comment on it after we know it's a robot. Sure. Okay. Cause that was the one thing where I was like, what is happening? Like, what is she doing? <laughs> like, sure, what sure. is this? But other than that, because every I, I, I could deal with like no details, right? I still don't even really care that she never went to the government or maybe went to the government place. That's funny to me. I, I, yeah. I think it's hilarious that they didn't show us where she got the robot. Like, I it's, think it's hilarious. It's, it's the funniest it's so thing the show's funny. ever done. Honestly, is 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 solve the problem with a robot that has zero explanation. <laughs> I think
1: I think without the the secret identity and robot stuff, this episode we because I think that they could do a version of this episode. Where it's just Kingpin gets an invisibility ray and Spider Woman has a hard time stopping him, and they could tweak a few things and add some other stuff, but it wouldn't necessarily have to be that different. But it's the, the secret identity stuff and, and robot is what makes this episode become extremely memorable because that stuff right. is so well, wild. The, the
0: worst thing you can do when you're making a product for entertainment is have it be something that no one remembers. That's yeah. so that leaves such little of an impact. That no one cares to think about it ever again. And I'll tell you this. The show does not always nail that. There are times where the show just is boring Yeah, <laughs> and that's the worst thing yeah. you can do you know what i mean this episode not boring not, this might be one of the most memorable episodes of the show we've uh, watched yeah. i will never forget
1: this episode for <laughs> not sure not a chance even will i ever forget this <laughs> especially like watching this one and, and next week's episode back to back like well <laughs> i found next week to be one of a, a very boring one that was hard what to happened in next
0: week's episode i don't even remember there's oh, a spoiler boy. for you just kidding oh. i remember i just don't like it very much (laughs) oh god dude
1: We'll we'll get into that we We had a hard time not zoning out this one this one absolutely kept my attention the entire way through
0: i was on the edge of my seat legitimately in a way that i do not ever expect to be when we watch these shows because the stakes were legitimately high even though they don't matter because here's the thing you said like they could have they could have like completely sort of gotten rid of like certain things along the way, right? Like the whole exposing Jessica drew thing, like doesn't even really matter that much. Like nothing comes from it. But for me, not knowing that happened in this series, it made this episode so interesting, Mm -hmm. like fascinating. Cause even if there was a part of my brain that always knew that a show like this, wasn't going to make it a permanent change. They just carried it along for so long in a way that made me kind of wonder if, if if the show is so different in so many other ways already, mm-hmm. maybe they really will do that. You know, like maybe <laughs> she really will be known. I I just didn't know what to expect. You know, yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's cool to think of that as a possibility when you're watching it.
0: Right. Well, and the '80s shows didn't happen yet. The last Spider-Man show was the '60s show, right? Yeah. And and they're consciously doing things different with her, um, especially when it comes to you know how they portray the people around her and Jeff and Billy and some of the things that we've right. theorized about Billy and, and like how she deals with Jeff and, and, and who she is and what her role is and what her job and career is and all this sort of stuff. Like it it might've been cool. I mean, for them to do it in the fifth episode would have been really weird. <laughs> it would have been the type of thing they would do in like the first episode. Right. But like, I don't know. There was a part of me that was like ready to buy it <laughs> and I would have loved it.
1: <laughs> it's fun. Yeah.
0: So, but, Hey, as, as much as is, quote, wrong with this episode, pretty much everything's right from an entertainment standpoint. Sure. Yeah. It's, a fun <laughs> it's episode. so fucking oh, weird. Yeah.
1: It's, if, you, if you don't watch any episode of, of Spider-Woman, um, at least of the ones that we've watched so far. Please. This is one worth watching. Just Please. for the wild ride of it.
0: <laughs> Derek, I think, honestly, the fact that you and I both... I mean, we were watching this to prepare for a podcast, but both of us were tweeting about it just because we were watching it, and it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure we convinced, like, at least five people to watch the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, I, love it. I saw at least a few people. And I have to imagine that if a few people were tweeting about having watched the show coincidentally after we were tweeting about how ridiculous the show was, <laughs> there had to have been other people who weren't tweeting about watching the show after we were tweeting about it. Sure. Like... <laughs> It's fun Disney shit. Plus just saw a, a very minor blip of a spike on their Spider Woman views uh, over the past couple of days. And yes, I will take credit for it.
1: <laughs> I think we're doing the world a service by I think
0: so too. telling people about
1: it. I think it's also really fun since the last time we did Spider Woman, we hadn't actually covered the 60s show yet. Mm-hmm. And I think now that we're back to it again and having more of that context. I, I do think it's it sits in such an interesting place between the '60s Spider-Man show and then the '80s Spider-Man shows. Because um, you know, obviously, Spider Woman is not Spider-Man. She's still different, but like she is inevitably always going to be kind of in the shadow of Spider-Man and kind of part of that. That's why we're covering her on the podcast. And I think it's just so interesting to sort of see how this kind of works in the sort of middle ground between those two eras of Spider-Man shows because it does sometimes feel like a weird fusion of the just truly bizarre don't think through it wackiness and fluidity and cartoonishness of the sixties show with just a little more of the superhero action of the eighties shows. You know, it's, it's just so interesting to see. Yeah. Well, especially,
0: especially because as inevitable as it is for literally any, and, and I know people don't like this, but it's just the reality and everybody's doing it as, as much as, it is a reality that every single spider person like spider powered person will at some point be compared to Peter Parker period. It just always happens Mm -hmm. right or wrong. It's interesting to me that in a, in a timeline sense, she's like kind of not in his shadow because she comes like she comes 15 years after the last one or however long. And then, is is able to stand on her own for like a whole year, like it's just like a year where she is the only televised like yeah. Spider Person. It's really weird. It's so weird. That's it's like very you're. Cool, I, I totally yeah. like. I totally get what you're saying. I'm not trying to say like she doesn't like as, as like from a bigger picture. Like all every Spider Person stands in his shadow, right? But like it's just so funny because of that. It's it's so significant that for yeah. like just this this tiny little second, as far as the TV and movie sphere goes. She really did just like have her her own moment. <laughs> Very cool. I would it's like really to s- weird. I would wild. like
1: to see it again in some form.
0: Mm-hmm. Give her her mm-hmm. moment. Give
1: Jessica Drew her moment again.
0: I well, we're we're probably gonna get it.
1: Well, we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll, we'll get, get something, something in, in Spider Verse, but it would be exactly. cool to kind of have her, It'd be cool to have a Spider Woman head headlining a show again at some point. Sure, sure. Yeah, but that's it. That's the end of the episode, right? Yeah, we covered wow. all of it. It just ends with the robot. A robot.
0: It ends with a robot. <laughs> And her literally addressing the audience, which I do think is very cute. I I do want to say, like, I actually have no issue with that. uh, When when she turned to the audience and said, this will be our secret, that's what fully, completely sold me on the whole thing. (laughs) Because that's adorable. Like, I think that's really cute to basically say, like, you know something no one else in this world will know. Like, that's just for you and me, kiddo. That's true. That's that's cute. cute.
1: It's very cute. I agree. You know what's also cute? This first face of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really like uh Spider Woman's vision of Kingpin just very I think very cutely sitting in his big old chair, hunched over and counting his all those all his little bills and coins and money. Just counting them, having fun. Just counting
0: some bills.
1: Just counting some bills. He's excited. Even like the way he's sitting, like his feet are like kind of up in the air. Like he's he almost like looks like a li- even though he's a gigantic man, like he looks like a little kid, uh, in this one image with mm-hmm just the way that he's situated and how big the chair is. Yeah. Having fun counting his bills. I dig it.
0: Could it, I will say Spider-Woman folks could have made Kingpin bigger. Oh I, yeah. Like, I know that you had like your ox analo- like analogy character right there. Um, and you wanted to make sure that we all knew how big bouncer was, but like make us know how big Kingpin is too.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. especially cause they, they play him to be gigantic too. Yeah. So like why not actually draw him like that?
0: Yeah. But I do like this, too. This is good. Kingpin Kingpin, and his hobbies is always fun. Yeah. And in this case, his hobby is counting money.
1: I mean, you know what? I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it.
0: <laughs> the other face, which simply cannot be ignored um, and, and is maybe one of the greatest like out of context images that I th- this might be my favorite out of context image of anything we've ever covered because it's just so absurd is the completely blasé expression that Jessica has as she's carrying her lifelike robot in her arms uh, just across the room to put in the closet. Just like, no big (laughs) deal. Jessica, where, please, where did you get this robot from? Because it's so normal to you. It's so normal to you. Yeah. (laughs) How long have you had this robot? What do you do with this robot, Jessica?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, here's Like, literally, what
0: does she do with it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> here's here's why she uh she has no interest. Is this, in is this how she naps? She's already got a robot with her that to, to to oh maybe whatever okay. fun she wants.
0: I guess there's that too.
1: You go, girl. I'm I fully support your journey.
0: I just thought maybe this is how she slept. Like this was her Hermione Granger time turner moment.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, because she is she is very busy.
0: But but also that
1: <laughs> <laughs> or both it could be both. Many I suppose possi- it could be both. The possibilities are truly
0: endless. I can't say I'm shipping it, but you do you.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of questions about, like, the sentience of this robot and stuff. It's very unclear, but charitably, you can make it work. Anyway.
0: You know what else you could make work? (laughs) Yeah, what's that? Our podcast and our podcast extra content by going over to patreon.com slash snappers. Cool. Help keep this machine working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a
0: better transition than you expected.
1: Mm, sure. We'll we'll say that.
0: <laughs> you know what else is cool?
1: Uh-huh. What's what's that?
0: <laughs> Patreon.com slash walloping websnappers. <laughs> uh also check on our Discord. Uh there should be a link in the show notes, but if for some reason you can't find it, just let us know. I also think you can just search Walloping WebSnappers. I'm pretty sure there are folks who have found us that way as well. Um, so that might work as well. Cool. Um, if you'd like to find us doing whatever else it is we do, uh, you can do that all over the place. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff that you are working on? Sure. You can find me on
1: Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my new podcast, Gimmicks, which is a uh, a podcast that looks at the high concept, experimental, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of television with a new guest, and new show, a uh, new episode of that show every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find it on Twitter or Instagram at GimmicksPod.
0: What about you, Doug? Find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. If you like Pokemon, you can find me talking all Pokemon things on Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming with my friends Katie and Vicky. If you'd like more from Derek and me, you can check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on The Good Dinosaur is out later this week wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well at wallopingwebpod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all podcast platforms. Cause if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too. And those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find next week. Spider woman faces dinosaurs in the Bermuda triangle In the episode The Lost Continent. Oh, that sounds like that should just be a total blast. It's going to be so much fun, right? Yeah, it's going to be the best episode of this show yet. Oh, boy. See you then. See you then.